Geordie chat with groups and two. Games at home and away. Story stats and history about football in Australia. Right, welcome to Kick to Kick is Backwards and Coming Forwards. Here for our round 10 review, Charlie. Yes, the start of Sir Doug Nichols round. Here we are. Indeed. Uh, lots to get through, lots to talk about. Um, and what better place to start than Friday night? Than Friday night Before footy. Before we do, though, Charlie... Um, just here's a list of players who have kicked a goal in every single round this year. Okay. So um, we keep whittling this down every week. We just lost Jeremy Cameron. He didn't kick a goal this week. So we're left with Oscar Allen, Charlie Kerno, Ben King, Aaron Norton, and Isaac Rankin. Okay. Yeah. And Oscar Allen only kicking one goal this week. So he has just kicked. Just holding on. Yeah, well, he's he, for the first nine weeks, kicked double digits. He yeah, yeah, two, yeah. Sorry, not double digits. Two goals. Two, at least two, yeah. yeah. So now he's just down to one around. Who will okay. be last man standing? So it doesn't look like we're going to get a, a hundred goal kicker this year. No, unfortunately. no, with Jezza, we think we jinxed him. Yeah. Anyway, what can you do? So let's start on Friday night. We're at Adelaide Old Oval. We had Nam versus Yaltaputi. Yes. So that is Port Adelaide versus Melbourne. Um, interesting. Quite a good hard fought game in the wet. It was. It, it, it was. Uh, Hard to see quite how wet it was until they did the the close up shots. But yeah. geez, it was bucketing for a certain amount of that game. Which it makes it even more impressive that Zach Butters had forty one disposals. He was phenomenal, and his kicking was not wet weather for kicking. He was running at just under eighty percent efficiency, I think, which was yeah pretty yeah, incredible. Ridiculous. So he's now one of only seven players from Port who have had forty disposals. Mm-hmm. Uh, Peter Burgoyne has the record with forty five. Um, he's he's done it twice. Rockliffe's on there. Twice, Wines, Ollie Wines is there twice, Kane Corns, Travis Boak and Brad Ebert are also on that list of players who have achieved that feat. Up there with some great names yeah, there. That's Port Adelaide royalty. Yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, disappointing loss for Melbourne and Port are really grinding away these wins, aren't they? They absolutely... That was very hard fought and well-deserved win, that one, for Port Adelaide. Yeah, and I, I guess there's some learnings in it from Melbourne as well. Yeah. Um, yeah. Because they really were able to get around May and Lever. They were, and also um, uh, win the majority of the clearances. Even though we won the, the Melbourne won the centre, like the the tap out, yeah. you know, very very consistently. So, yeah, they won a lot of the clearance out of the centre and around the ground. Yeah. Anyway, so there's definitely a lot to come out of that game. But it was a great great game. I listening to the um, commentary. They're saying that that sort of game wouldn't be out of place in September, and I think they were right. It was very hard for it was, and different um, momentum shifts as well. Yeah, um, Petrarca had some dominant displays as well. Like he kind of went quiet in the last quarter, then just burst. Yeah, it was an awesome play. Anyway, let's move on. Yeah. Uh, so on Saturday, our first game on Saturday was North Melbourne versus Sydney, and another really close one. Okay. Well, before we get stuck into the game. Clarko was supposed to coach his 400th game. Yes. Obviously, we know he wasn't there. So, Brett, Rackett, Brett Ratton coming in as caretaker coach for the third club. Unbelievable. So, he did the same at Carlton when Dennis Pagan was sacked in 2007. Then St Kilda when Alan Richardson left in 2019. And now at North Melbourne. Only person to do it for three clubs. Caretaker coach at three different yeah. clubs. Yeah. So, he joins some big names on having coached three clubs. And you can call this like he has now technically coached three clubs. Yep. Here's some other names. Alan Jeans, David mm-hmm. Parkin. Norm Smith, yep. Rodney Eade, um, then some some we might remember from the olden days, Percy Parrott, Charlie Ricketts, Paddy Scanlon, and Frank Maher. Yeah, wow. Um, obviously, we've got Barassi, Robbie Walls, Malcolm Blight, and Norm Clark coaching four clubs. Four, uh, yeah. And sorry, and Alex Hall and Mick Malthouse. 
The record is five. Two players, two people have coached five. Dan Minogue. Ah, uh, yep. And John Norley. Sweeper Norley. Really? Coach five? Yeah. That, that got away from me. Yep. So, Ratton's over halfway there. <laughs> Amazing. Two more to go. <laughs> Amazing how well he's done. Um, but, eh, what a heartbreaking end to this game for North Melbourne. Yeah. Um, we were looking at North Melbourne. They had to lose three quarters to, uh, to equal St Kilda's record from the 1890s and four to take the record outright. Um, they lost their opening two quarters. And I, was, I messaged you, Charlie. I said, oh, they're one quarter they're away. On the way. Um, but then they, they, won their, they won the third quarter by seven points. So they have to, you know, resort to being the second worst team of all time. Oh, well. Yeah. We start again. Yeah. <laughs> um, and here's the other interesting thing. So the interchange infringement cost the Roos the game. Yep. But do you remember they, these two teams, North Melbourne and Sydney, both played a game in 2008 that had a very controversial interchange. That's right, well. but it was the other way around. It was Sydney, Sydney put an extra player extra on the ground. They had the ground. a 19th man on yeah. the field, which I think is why we now have an interchange It steward. is, yeah. yeah. So interesting these two teams, like it's come back to bite them. Um, in that game, it was actually a draw, but the Swans played for 30 seconds with 19 men on men the Men on field. the ground, that's right. Yeah, and you're right, I'm pretty sure that is exactly why they, they brought, brought in, in the steward. They, they lowered the caps for different reasons, but the steward was there to count... Players coming on and off the ground. Yeah, to make sure, sure that yeah, there wasn't they that. were running it. Yeah, so heartbreaking. Yeah, a bit, bit poetic that you're right that it's it was to do with Sydney there and North the and North. Teams. Yeah, the same two teams. At the yeah. same venue. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Uh, so that takes us to our second game on Saturday, and that was the, the Doggies versus the Crows in Ballarat. There was Ballarat. Interesting. Over. Keen to get there. The Doggies have, have played there ten times now. Uh, they have a record of seven wins, three losses. Um, Jack McRae's played all ten games there for the Dogs. Hey. The only non-Dogs game that's been played there was during the COVID years. The Suns played the Giants there in a random match. That is um, extremely random. Yeah. yeah. And I actually remember I was going to go to that game, and that's I think the day before it was a lockdown was called or something like ah. that. Um, Aaron Norton holds a record there with 13 goals as well. And they quite often play the Crows there. The Crows have won one of those four games. Okay. Yes. Uh, then we had uh, Frio versus Geelong. Um, and Frio really got up and running for this one. They did. That's three in a row now they've won. And three weeks in a row they've kicked over 100 points. Yeah. The uh, the last time they did that was in 2014, rounds 21 to 23. So we we did talk we did talk about the uh, the ladder not changing or the top the top eight not changing but Freo were definitely knocking on the door. Well, we said they wouldn't, so they they shouldn't. They better not. <laughs> they better not. We'll see. We will see. Uh, and then we had uh, Brizzy versus Gold Coast. The Q clash uh, and a Scorigami here. Really, Scorigami one hundred and seven to sixty four. Never happened. Surprised me. Never happened. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. Um. Yep, and Lockie Neal winning his second Marcus Ashcroft medal for best on ground. Um, second time he's won this, and yeah, disappointing for the Suns. They were, yeah. they, you know, they were within a kick. Yep. The last quarter and just fell apart. Fell apart. Yeah. Again. And then, then we get to Saturday night, the game everybody loves, and what a blinder this was! <coughs> Dream time at the G, Timmy. Right. I didn't go. Which no. is disappointing. Yep. Um, I haven't been to this for years. Actually, I think the last time I went was when we won. Oh, really? Which was 2014, yeah. So the 19th year this has been played. Richmond now hold a 12-7 to record against Essendon um, and had won the last eight going into it. Yeah, wow. You know, that, that streak is snapped. Um, and there had been 13 straight losses from, from Essendon to the Tigers. 
which is equal to the longest losing streak Essendon's ever had against any other team. Really? They also lost 13 straight to Carlton uh, between 1968 and 1974. Wow. But now that is wiped out. Now the longest longest streak of one team against another in the league is Gold Coast against the Lions at 13. There you go. Yeah. Both played in the same night. Um, Shai Bolton was the 100th Indigenous player to play 100 games. That's a nice little... That's a nice one. Yeah. 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 Um, Zach and sorry and, and a nice little bit there the first player to play 100 games first indigenous player to play 100 games was Norm Macdonald of Essendon oh yeah, yeah. Um, Zach Merritt won the Yukon award for best on ground he had never won that before now overall Charlie Essendon have had 27 one point wins 27 one yeah. point wins wow they've played in six games against Richmond that have been decided by a point the first one was 1910, which Essendon lost, but we have then won the next five. The next five games we've won against Richmond by, 100, by one point. 1942, 1946, 1962, 2002, and now 2023. Wow. Every single year we in the past that we've beaten the Tigers by a point, we've won a final. Hey. So I'm just saying. <laughs> okay. Um, it could happen. <laughs> Odds are I probably will now. Um, and the other thing I... Um, do you, you saw the winning goal and, and that? Yes. There, that passage of play was very similar to Lee Tudor's kick to Ablett in the uh, 94 prelim. Like snap from the boundary line, yeah. top of the goal square, goal off, kind of just before the siren on the siren to win the game. So yes, a very happy Bomber supporter here after Saturday night. Yeah, it was, it was good. And the whole ceremony around it was excellent as well. Yeah, it was fantastic. They always do it so well. Yeah, yeah, they do. They run, they, yeah, they run it very well. It's yeah. good. It's so nice. Uh, so that takes us to Sunday's game. Down And the first one down in Tassie was Hawthorne versus West Coast. The two birds of prey. Yeah, 18th versus 17th. So mm, what a barnstormer. Hawthorne before this week were 0.5% in last place. They're not anymore. No. Um, you'll be surprised to know that the score of 142 to 26 has never happened. <laughs> yeah. Unsurprised. Maybe, maybe not. Um, Hawthorne's Mitchell Lewis beat the Eagles by himself. He kicked 6-2. The Eagles kicked 4-2. Um. 116 points is the fifth biggest lost in loss in Eagles history, the worst in 15 years, and their score of four goals to 26 is the third lowest in their history. I mean, they're they're atrocious and they're at Fitzroy levels. Yeah, when Fitzroy died, so Fitzroy won three games across their last two seasons, 95, 96. GWS in their first two years won three games in yeah. two seasons. West Coast have won three since the start of last year. I can't see where their next one's coming from. No. Maybe they play North Melbourne at home. Maybe that's a hope. Hawthorne later in the year. But, man, it is dire. It's it's very ugly for a club that's so... It's such a powerhouse of the league, really. Proud club as well. Yeah. Yeah. And all, like... I mean, still financially strong. They've got a strong oh, ball. Like, it's still hard to get tickets to their games and, and all that stuff. It's cra- It's crazy to... like. But for such a powerful club to have fallen so far, yeah, is almost unthinkable. Because it's not a, it's not a. I mean, it's a proper bottom out. And yeah, which, of the likes that we don't often see. Well, very rarely. Yeah, um, I'm just trying to find here the list of games experience. So, they were, on the weekend they were missing 1,982 games worth of experience through yeah. injury. So, they haven't done themselves any favours with the way they've loaded these contracts for older stars. No, and now not playing. It's just and no. Well, they've done the, they've done that classic thing that we've seen clubs do in the past of thinking they're in the window when they're not topping up. Let's mm. get Tim Kelly. Let's trade our drafts away. Yeah, and, and look. And look, but look, 
in all fairness, like it's not a Tim, it's not a Tim Kelly problem. He's oh, no, no, playing no. quite well. Yeah, but um, but that was yeah, but that was the decision they made. Is like they thought they were right there, and then other guys have yeah, come off the boil. Oh, not cool. No, no, but yeah. a lot of happy Hawthorne supporters, I'm sure. Oh yeah, big win. Yeah. Big win. Um, and then going to the old rivals, <laughs> Collingwood Carlton. No, that's the whole point. I mean. Yes, they are old rivals. Yeah, they had some big games. They had you know the nineteen ten grand final with the massive fight. They had the match before the bloodbath in nineteen forty five. The prelim was horrible. Yeah. They had all those grand finals in the seventies. But there's no, there's I mean, there nothing makes them more old rivals than calling than any other clubs, right? Like all clubs have had. No. And these sorts of issues. I don't know if you saw, I think it was Channel 7 or maybe it was even the AFL released a thing saying, you know, the oldest rivalry. No. They've been playing since 1897. But no, they've been playing since 1894. Yeah. Why, why are we cutting out that VFA history? Yeah, yeah. yeah. They've been around for much longer. And it's they not, definitely weren't rivals at the start. And between 1987 and last year, they had played so many meaningless games. Yeah, yeah. I think 87 was the last time they played in the final. And then until last year's one point win that had some meaning, that that rivalry was all but all but dead. Yeah, yeah. fizzed. Yeah, it's a real, it's a rivalry, it's a real supporter rivalry. I think it's not really an on-field rivalry. Maybe your, your supporters who are now 60, 50, yeah. 60, who can remember, yeah, those grand finals where it's, Carlton. It's ingrained now. It's in the blood. Yeah, it's in the blood. People pass these things down. It was a, it was a nice. I'm glad that during the week the uh, that Brett Bartlett found that footage from the uh, 79 grand final. Yeah. Well, of Wayne Harms t- knocking it back in. It was in as well. Of course it was. Conclusive evidence. Um, so, these two teams used to play for the Dick Cat, Tick, bleh, the Dick Pratt Cup slash Dick Pratt medal with uh, the medal going to the best player on the ground. I don't know if that went, I don't know if it was awarded. Did Darcy Moore probably should have won it. Yeah, don't well, know. I didn't hear any mention of it yesterday. No. So who knows? Maybe that's now faded into obscurity. Another interclub cup. Interclub cup that's gone. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, who who keeps control of these things and keeps them going? Yeah, exactly. There'd be certain people at the club who just forget about it. And yeah. Just, it fades. The Lakeside Premiership. What is that called? Yeah, exactly. Um, Darcy Moore had originally been credited with a record eleven intercept marks during the match. Yes, huge. And it would be an AFL record. Yeah. Not a VFL record, because the VFL records only go back to 1965. And I don't think they even kept a record of actual intercept marks. It would have just been marks. Marks, yeah. I mean, and so that got downgraded to 10 marks today because I think one, one was, was after, after the, the siren. siren. Yes. Um, there was a famous game back in 1927 called Duncan's Game. That's right. Alex Duncan took 33 marks against for Carlton against Collingwood at Victoria Park. Surely some of those were intercept marks. I mean, He's, yeah. He'd probably be up there... Trying to hold that record? 33 marks for a game yeah. is outrageous, isn't it? Yep. Um, ridiculous. And just connecting Collingwood back to that last game, the bottom team beating a team by 100 points has happened a few times. The, the greatest ever was Collingwood beating St Kilda in 1979. They were bottom of the ladder. Round four, they met St Kilda and beat them by 178 points. Wow. Yeah. I think, though, this the, the game on Sunday was the, the latest in the season that has occurred. Yeah, because it's very easy for a good team to lose heavily in the first week and yeah, and, then and be play, on the bottom and then play yeah. an easy beat the next week. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Especially when your especially when your club starts with a with a, a letter alphabetically that's somewhere down the bottom. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, yeah. yeah, 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 it happens exactly. Um, and also, what a boring Collingwood Carlton game. I know. I mean, Carlton were ahead by a point five minutes into it, and that was it. Collingwood's big comeback, and then they win. What a boring yeah. game. They they. 
they're very dangerous. Like you watch them and you're like, they're they're very very good. It's also very early in the season. Not yeah. very early. No, but it's, it's a long way yeah, to go. There is a long way to go. We're but just waiting for Dugowie to do something, aren't we? Signs, <laughs> signs are definitely yeah. pointing in a good direction for, yeah. for them at yes. the moment. And if if I was a Collingwood supporter, I'd be nervous. Yeah. I don't know if you follow the EPL, but Arsenal were very much like that this year. Mm. They were prime contender to win the Premier League and then fell like the last few hurdles. Just kind of the pressure got to them. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the early pressure's definitely on them yeah. for sure. Well, they're favourites easily. Well, they've got to be now, especially after Melbourne losing. They've got their... They're the, head and shoulders yeah. favourites now. Losing's not a bad thing though to like, you get a bit of a reminder. No, I know. Yeah. But uh, yeah. So anyway, that takes us to the final game of the, of the round and that was GWS versus St Kilda. Yep. Um, Saints grinding away a win here. Yep. Um, in this game, the Saints have now moved into outright third on the list of longest streak of games without winning a premiership. Okay. So the record is Sydney, South Melbourne. Yep. Between 1934 and 2005, they played 1,476 games without winning a premiership. The Dogs are second on that list, 1,344, between 55 and 2016. Yep. St Kilda are now third on that list. 1,265 days, taking the mantle away from Melbourne. Melbourne. Yeah. Yeah, so since round one, 1967 to this round, they have now lost... 1,265 games. Lost, not lost played. played. Played that many games and not won a flag. So, fifth on that list is St Kilda. Yeah, <laughs> I was about to 1,201 games between 1897 and 1966. So, they're fourth and... So sorry, third so and fifth. The current streak they're on is longer than their original streak. Oh, God. Yeah, no, to be a St Kilda supporter. Yeah, killer. But, I mean... It just takes one. Them, you compare them to North, though, and you're like... Who would you rather... St Kilda. Yeah. They seem to have their act together more, even though yeah. Colling- the Roos have won a few more flags. St Kilda. Yeah. I don't know. Um, so, yeah, that, that ladder, the Pies on top, the Lions and Power you know, in second and third place, and then the Ds leading that next little group of teams, Melbourne, St Kilda, Dogs, and then the Cats and the Crows rounding it out. Yeah. Um, it's amazing how, how quickly your thoughts on different teams change. You know, Geelong losing two in a row now. Maybe they're not the team that we we maybe, thought they you know. Not. And the crows losing pretty easily to the dogs. Yeah, maybe they're not. Really there's a bit. There's still movement in it. There, look, absolutely there is, and I think anyone from 14th up can still make finals. Yeah, I still think the Tigers and the Suns can. Wow, that's a, that's a big will. call. That's a that's a huge change from what you, the tune you were singing last week, Timmy. I don't think they will. No, no, but they could. You're right. But like, we, saw, we saw a few years ago Richmond won their last nine games to, to qualify for finals. Yeah, you're right. Frio and Essendon are definitely still, well, and obviously. Essendon, Essendon play North and West Coast four, two, like, two more two times, times each, yeah. Yeah. So it's good. Um, Cole go- Cole's goals for the round. Hawthorne obviously Had to be. winning the round. Who else could 22 it be? goals. And Nam currently leading the Demons, 157 goals for the season, seven ahead of the Cats. Yeah. Um... Great. So we also thought after this uh, first week of Sir Doug Nichols round that we talk about some of the different uh, Indigenous jerseys that we saw on the weekend. Yeah, I think that's a good idea because there's some great designs. There aren't there some brilliant ones. Now we don't want to bore everyone and talk about them all at once, so we thought we'd we'd pick uh, half the ladder to talk about today, and then the other half to talk about next week. We thought though that we might do it a little bit differently and do it in 
alphabetical order based on the indigenous names of the clubs. Now, yes. we know a couple of them for the, a certain, but we're basing the, the rest of them on the AFL Live app who changed all the names of the clubs yeah. for this week on their ladder, on their um, matchups to indigenous place names. And it's only a matter of... Next year or the year after, when every team does. Yeah. So these these are definitely the place names of the places in which these clubs are, but we're not sure whether these are the names that the clubs have themselves taken on. Yeah. Sure. So I think this is a fantastic thing that Absolutely. The, the the app's done and the, and some clubs are doing, and hopefully we continue to see more of it. So let's start with and pardon my probably terrible uh, pronunciations of these. Let's start with Burlu, who is West Coast. Uh, so the West Coast... So theme of connection, unity and shared love for the club, which is part of the theme of their First Nations jersey, designed by AFLW player and proud Kija and Jaru woman Crystal Petrevsky. Yes. Um, inspired by cultural features which symbolise the unity of the footy club. Yeah. We've got a circle which represents the club's programs and their connections, while the feathers are the symbols of past players and officials who have made a contribution to the Eagles. Um, the pathway drawing is a reflection of the unique journey each individual has, has in coming to the club. Uh, the people symbol display acceptance of individuality and the boomerangs unite the club through strength, mind, body and spirit. And the jersey's front facing display is the Wallage, Wallage, the Eagle proudly spreading its wings. Beautiful. Beautiful. And uh, the second jersey is actually the club that West Coast played on the weekend. It is Burundara, which is the Hawks. So this uh, beautiful uh, golden and brown jumper was officially designed by Wagaman Man and Indigenous artist Nathan Patterson with the inspiration coming from Impey. Yep. Um, design is a representation of the Hawthorne family and its inclusiveness of those who pull on the jersey to play and those who cheer from far and wide. Uh, the many many meeting places lead to the home ground where we can come together as one to share in the pride and passion the family has for the brown and gold. So our next club to talk about is uh, Geelong, or Geelong as it's... Which is where the, the word Geelong comes which from. Which is where the... And obviously Burundara the same, the Burundara Council where yes, the Hawthorne yeah. are. Um, so, yes. Um, so designed by Michelle Searle who is from Wadarong Land. Uh, really intricate design as well. The stars represent meeting under one sky, everyone coming together. The centre represents, again, coming together, sharing, bringing different elements like food, knowledge, and things like that. The lower design elements explain the different journeys and different paths through life. Um, and the bands going across the middle, they're waves of emotion, but also waves of support that we wrap around one another uh, on such journeys. So support from friends and family. Nice. Yeah. Uh, next on our list is Carrara, another place name that is the place that we the na word we still use for Gold Coast, yeah. and uh, this is um, it pr features prominent elements from the art cultural journey. The artwork designed by Sons Defending Indigenous artist Jai Farah. Yes, um, so the stick shapes represent the goalposts of Heritage Bank Stadium. The Guernseys also prominently feature both the crocodile designed by Larrakia Man and artist Trent Lee and the eagle designed by Yagambe Man and artist Luther Cora. The crocodile directly represents the Northern Territory, which is um, part, of a con part of a link they have, the, the sons, um, while the eagle represents the Gold Coast as a totem to some of the traditional custodians of the land. Um, the sun is watermarked throughout the design, as is, you know, it's their name, the suns. Yeah. 
sorry. Um, it also has special significance representing the meeting place for everyone, connecting people together and embracing people from all cultures and backgrounds. And the names of Indigenous Suns players, past and present, are also included on the back of the jersey as featured on previous editions. Nice. I like that little element of it too. Uh, the next club alphabetically is Maribyrnong. Maribyrnong, the dogs, the, uh, which was designed by proud Gunditjmara and Yorta Yorta man Jason Walker. So the front of the Guernsey features at the eel, the Kuyang, intertwined throughout the red, white and blue hoops, uh, which re- represent many things for the Gunditjmara people, including resilience and it's, it's an important resource for food and trade. So yeah, I love the eel that's intertwined. Yeah, it's very cool how it's cut running through there. Which links in nicely with the whole Maribyrnong River. Yeah. Yeah. Um, next up is Mianjin or Brisbane. So it was painted by Kevin Binder and designed by Des Headland and Ash McGrath. Yeah, ex-players. Yeah. So the curved U symbol represents a person um, and the players and families of the Brisbane Lions. The Swan River and Brisbane River, these rivers represent the players' hometowns of Perth and Brisbane. The circle and dot shapes uh, represent the Wajak Noongar people and the communities a part of Torbal Nation, respectively. The song lines so it represents you know Brisbane Bears, Fitzroy Football Club, and the merging to become the Brisbane Lions. There's six totems uh, inside the necklines representing current Indigenous players on the list. We've got the Gabba, the circle in the centre. The spears, the four long straight lines, represent the spears of the Indigenous people used for war. The the eleven circles represent the premierships. Hey. Um, we've got some dot shapes for the staff and families and the MCGs on the back of the jersey, which is obviously the home of the, the, the grand final. Yeah. Uh, next up on that list, we have Nam, or Melbourne. Um, so, uh, Nul Nul Saltwater Man, Lal Hunter Lau, or Lal Hunter. Uh, design this and it centers around a fire featured in the middle of the jumper which emphasizes the significance of storytelling among the fir- of this first nations culture yeah um, at the top and bottom of the jumper there's the sun a piece of the artwork that reminds fans of the importance of moving towards reconciled australia and taking action and the final component is the representation of the people of the melbourne football club the main circle and those people can represent family can represent the people that work within the Melbourne Football Club um, it can also represent the indigenous players that have been involved and are involved and will continue to be involved for future generations to come beautiful um, the next one is Ngura uh, which is the giant for the Giants the GWS Giants it was this one was designed by Leanne Hunter uh, proud descendant of the Wiradjuri Nation uh, the jumper is called Ngura so same name uh, which is the which means country and connection in the Dadog language, which is the native tongue of the lands of Western Sydney. Yeah, so in the design, Hunter has reflected the giant's home ground being surrounded on by freshwater country. Um, the rivers are depicted by the flowing white lines on the border, which with the small round circles that connect them, reflecting the suburbs and communities. The large round orange circles on the front represent the area that the giants have come from and to come together. The footprints represent the impact the giants have on GWS on the Western Sydney. On the back, the shape of a leaf ref- reflects the surrounding bushland of the region. The large orange orange circle represents Giant Stadium, uh, and the hands are used to reflect the skill of the players and the applause they receive from the loyal legion of the Orange Army. Nice. And the last one that we're going to talk about today is Kornong, or Carlton. So it, this, their Guernsey re- reflects, reflects the traditional Tiwi culture, representing Kulama ceremony, uh, Pamajini or armbands and spear, which was designed by proud Tiwi woman Rusalina uh, Puruntata Meri. 
Uh, the circle shapes on the Guernsey represent the ceremonial dancing around, which is an important ceremony in the Tiwi community that symbolizes good health, hunting, and initiation. Fantastic. So um, we'll do the next nine teams next week as Doug Nichols' round continues. Yes. Um, yep. And we might maybe talk a little bit about who Doug Nichols was as well. Yeah, but, yeah. obviously it's a name that's synonymous with with this round and also footy in yep. general. As, but who was he? He's a great um, a statesman of the game. But yeah, a lot of people don't really know who he was as a player and also was a, a man around the game. Yeah, yeah. Um, um, So I can't wait to do that. Too. Yeah, let's look ahead. Just a quick little snapshot of what happens in round 11, Charlie. Yes. So coming our way next week... Well, this week, I guess I should say, yep. uh, we have uh, on Friday night Carlton versus Sydney at the SCG. Yeah, and I think the best player, the best on ground, gets the Goods O'Loughlin Medal. Nice. I'm not sure. I've got to double check whether that's for the whole game or just Sydney player because it's the only winners have been Sydney players in well, the past. So yeah. <laughs> that doesn't mean anything really. Saturday we have Saints versus Hawthorne at Marvel in the 24th version of the Silk Miller Cup. Mm. Obviously done for Gary Silk and Rod Miller who were gunned down in cold blood. Yeah. The best player in the match receives the Silk Miller Medal. Um, both men were both passionate supporters of the sport, and the, this annual game ensures the legacy of the two men continues to live on in the lives of Victorians. Nice. Also, nice little link in here is Alan. Alan Jeans, yep. who coached both, both clubs, clubs, but was also a cop. He was a policeman. Yeah, I, oh, yeah, of course. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Uh, on Saturday afternoon at the MCG, we have Nam versus Walyalup. Yep, at the MCG. They beat you there last year as well. They did. They did, I do remember. Hmm. Fun. A little little side note, that'll be my my daughter's first game of football that oh, she sees live. Okay. Yes. Uh, and then also... On Saturday, Arvo, a bit later, we've got Geelong versus GWS at GMHBA. Yep, Toby Green playing his 200th game for the Giants. Exciting. The second player to do that. Oh, very others, exciting. Ward. Uh, Doggies versus Gold Coast at TIO. I like that. You know, playing part of Doug Nichols' round should be up in... 100%. Yep. It's a shame we don't have one at Traeger Park as well. Yeah. Um, and Essendon West Coast at Optus Oval. Yeah, and you're looking at this. Essendon's paying $1.00. Yeah, and Eagles are $10.00 something. But remember, the Eagles beat us last year over there. They're one of the mm. two teams they beat. Yeah, we don't, don't like to talk about things in terms of odds, but and, I and mean, yeah. Yeah, but that just shows how heavy, heavy favourites Essendon are as the away team, which is ridiculous. Yeah, um, and also a team outside the eight yeah. sitting but at I'm that gonna, high odds. Yeah, I'm going to say Essendon will win by five goals. I don't think it'll be the thrashing everyone accepts. Yeah. I think the media and everyone will be hounding the Eagles this week, so they'll come out hard and yeah, they've got they've well they've got to do something. Don't yeah, they, they but do. I mean they're, they're yeah we'll see. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Sunday's games we have Port Adelaide and Richmond at the MCG. Yeah. Uh, Collingwood versus North at Marvel. Now this is a big game for a few reasons. Still side bottom will play his 300th game. He'll be the fourth magpie to do this, which sounds ridiculous. Yeah. Because the Crows currently have four players who have done this. Yeah. But the Magpies have been around for a hell of a lot longer. Yeah, it's amazing. Yeah, so it was Gordon Coventry, Tony Shaw, Scott Pendlebury. Yeah. Yeah. It it's crazy to think like, and I always think the same thing with Melbourne. There's only two players who played over 300 games, I think. So, yeah. And, you know, we talked, we, we, you and I have talked about the Collingwood Machine team. From yeah, how did those guys back. not get more games in them? Because Collier and those guys, they did, just didn't well, hang around did. for as long. Well, they didn't hang around for as long, but they weren't as many games in a season either. Yeah. So that's, the, that's your main reason, because we talked about that Machine team in great detail, and 
very few of them missed games. Yeah. They, they always were playing, but yeah. they didn't play as many games. Mm. And the finals, they always finished on top, so they only ever played two finals. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. yeah. Longevity. Um, the other thing is Mason Cox plays his 100th game. That's exciting. Which is a shame it gets overshadowed by Steel Sidebottom's 300th. Yeah. Because that's a big achievement for an American to come across here not having played the sport, to fumble around like he did for a few years. To make 100 games is a massive achievement. Well, yeah, as you said, to fumble around a bit because it's especially obvious being such a tall man when he is fumbling around, you know. So to hold a position like that is pretty impressive. Yeah, so that needs to be celebrated as well. At one point, these two teams played for the Jason McCartney medal best on ground mm-hmm. uh, between 2003 and 2009 and then a one-off in 2013. Again, this is another one that's fallen by the wayside, Charlie. Yeah. Yep. And then the final game of the round is uh, Adelaide versus Brisbane. Yeah. It'll be a good game. Good, be good to see Brisbane go back to Adelaide where Port thumped them earlier in the year and see if they learned their lesson. Turned around. Yes. So that's exciting to talk... Can't wait to talk about all that uh, next week. Indeed. Uh, Song of the week, we'll finish off. I think it's fitting we play the original version of Colour of Your Jumper by Archie Roach. Nice. Fantastic. All right. Hooroo, guys. I remember when I was a lad Kicking a footy around my backyard Me and the cousins we tried to kick a goal Oh, what a time we had I said we played with heart Yeah, we played with our heart and soul Cause it's the best game in the world
Thanks for listening to the Kick to Kick podcast present Backward Incoming Forward. You can find all our old episodes wherever you get your good podcasts. If you want to get in contact with us, our email address is kicktokickpodcast at gmail.com. On social media, we have Twitter at kicktokickpod or on Facebook. Or you can find us on Instagram at backwards and coming forward. For a full list of our resources and things we use to inform our show, head to kicktokickpodcast.com. You'll also find some interesting things in all our old episodes. Once again, thank you for listening.